Welcome again to Kansas City Actors Radio Theater. This is Tisha Bankston, and I'll be your host as we take another journey into the mind of master storyteller Agatha Christie. Her chilling radio drama Personal Call was first performed on the BBC in May 1954. Since then, it's been rarely revived. Despite the best-selling fame of Agatha Christie and her 72 novels, 14 short story collections, and 17 stage plays, Agatha Christie is still so popular that it's hard to believe that she was born more than 130 years ago. During her long career as a novelist and playwright, she achieved so many milestones. She's the best-selling fiction writer of all time. Her books have sold more than two billion copies. She's also wrote the longest-running play of all time, and she is the most translated author in the world. Kansas City Actors Theater has produced two of Christie's works to enormous audience and critical acclaim. The first, that longest-running play of all time, The Mousetrap, which we produced in 2012. In 2017, we produced And Then There Were None, which incidentally is Christie's single best-selling title. Stay tuned for more thrilling Agatha Christie news at the end of this episode. And now, steady your nerves, listen carefully for the clues, as Kansas City Actors Radio Theater presents an all-new production of her radio play, Personal Call. to agree with you. Darling, it's lovely to see you. George, you're looking more prosperous than ever. Just a facade, Pam. Business is on the rocks. But you look fine. Don't take any notice of him, Pam. He always says business is on the rocks. But he still managed to buy me this new frock. Oh, I didn't have any alternative. The first thing I saw was the bill. <laughs> now then, what are you going to drink? There's a perfectly diabolical cocktail. Oh, the cocktail, please. I'm going to drink myself right under the table. Then George will have to carry me home. Oh, it won't be the first time. Hello? Hello? Yes, Kensington 34598. What? Uh, just a moment, please. I can't hear you. Hello, yes? Can Mr. James Blint take a personal call, please, from Newton Abbott? I'll try and get hold of him, but there's a party going on. Here's your drink, Mary. Oh, thank you, James. You really are the perfect host. Philip, I'm afraid you'll have to wait a bit for Pam. She's just met an old school friend. Oh, I know all about old school friends. I'll just gaze at her in rapture from afar. What's this I hear about the two of you going away? That's right. We're going in three days' time. Please, sir. Please. What? You're wanted on the phone, sir. What? Now? Who is it? It's a personal call, sir. From something Abbott. People will ring up at the most inconvenient moments. John, get Mona another drink. What a charming man. And so handsome. I wouldn't know about that, but he is certainly a very lucky man. Hello? Is that Mr. James Brent speaking personally? James Brent speaking. Just a moment, please. Go ahead, please. Mr. Brent is waiting. Hello, James. Who's speaking? Don't you know? <laughs> it's Faye. Who did you say? Sorry, there's a lot of noise going on here. It's Faye. What did you say? 
It's Faye. James, don't you remember? Who are you? Where are you speaking from? I'm at Newton Abbott Station, where you left me. What's that? Who is this? I told you I'm Faye. You remember Faye? I'm waiting for you to come and meet me. Look here, one of us is mad. What are you talking about? And who are you? How often do I got to tell you that I'm Faye? If this is a practical joke, let me tell you it's a very heartless and silly one. Oh, it isn't a joke, James. I'm here waiting. You'll have to come. Look, this is absurd. How dare you pretend? So that's where you are, darling. Telephoning. Oh, for goodness sake, come back. People are pouring in. We want some more cocktails mixed. Why, darling, what is it? A cruel, silly, practical joke. You think people had something better to do. Darling, what is it? Who was it ringing up? How should I know? But I'm going to try to find out. I'll be along as soon as I can, my sweet. Yes, of course. You're really upset, aren't you, darling? What did whoever it was say? Operator? Can I help you? Oh, operator, yes. My name's Brent, Kensington 34598. You put through a personal call to me just now. Can you tell me where it came from? Yes. Yes, you'll ring me back. As soon as you can. Sorry, Pam, it's really made me see red. But who was it? I'll tell you all about it later. Do go now, darling. The party will be getting out of hand. It's being a great success. That's really the trouble. All right, darling, I'll cope. But do come soon. Yes, I will. Faye. I wasn't dreaming it. She said Faye. And it was her voice, too. Who the devil can have been playing a trick on me? Mr. James Brent? Yes. I have made inquiries. My personal call has been put through to you today. What? Uh, but I can assure you... My personal call has been put through to you. But I don't understand. I don't understand. I heard her. Really, James, if you finish telephoning, you might come along. I really am sorry, Pam. I'm with you. Who was it who rang you up? Oh, uh, just somebody trying to be funny. What did he say? Or was it a she? I don't know. I mean, it was a she. It was nothing particular. Darling, you're not leading a double life, I hope. Oh, you're the only woman in my life, Pam. I can assure you of that. Well, you'd have to say so anyway. But something seems to have shattered your morale. I just don't like silly jokes. Well, come on, back to the scrimmage. By the way, I asked Evan and Mary in for bridge tomorrow. Is that all right? Yes, dear, quite all right. Hello, James. There you are, your very elusive host. Hello, Evan. Not seen you for ages. I hear you're coming in for bridge tomorrow. Good show. Well, that's right, old boy. We're going to take all your money off you before you go on your holiday. Come on, you. Let's have another drink. Over the bridge. Thank you. Hello, Bert. Seen a ghost? Yeah, it's just funny you saying that. That woman was asking me the way to the telephone boxes. Reckon as I've seen her before somewhere. And seems to me as when I saw it, it was something to do with death. I can't just call to mind. Oh, they seem to Plymouth stopping Newton Abbott. Newton Abbott. From Plymouth stopping train to Plymouth. And I 
you've got the best heart at drum. That makes us two down. Sorry, James. Your deal, Mary. Cut, please. Jumping to four spades was a bit rash, Pam. I have an awful head today. After the party yesterday, I suppose. Well, John, a good party, Pam. <laughs> oh, yes, indeed. Evan and I drank far too much. Oh, one must do something to cheer oneself up nowadays. One heart. Three diamonds. No bid. Four clubs. Oh, bother. Mrs. Lamb will answer it. What did you say? Four clubs. Double four clubs. Four diamonds. Double four diamonds. No bid. No bid. Yes, Mrs. Lamb, what is it? It's a personal call, sir. For you? For me? All right, I'll come. Darling, you don't think... It's quite all right. Probably Smith about the transfer. Wonder whether it's still raining. You know, Mary, he got a personal call yesterday from somewhere or other, and it upset him dreadfully. He told me it was someone playing a silly joke on him, but he wouldn't tell me what the joke was. It really quite worried me. Have you got an extension? Yes, in my bedroom. Do you think I would? I must run upstairs and powder my nose. You women! Hello, yes? Just a moment, please. Go ahead. You're through. James, it's me again. Faye. Yes, Faye. Now look here. What's the meaning of all this? What kind of game is it? It's not a game, James. If you think you're going to get me rattled, you're not. Oh, you needn't be so upset. I just want you to come and meet me. Meet you? Where? At Newton Abbott, of course. That's where I am now. A likely story. I, I checked up last night. It may interest you to know that no call from Newton Abbott had ever been put through. But I am at Newton Abbott. Wait, I'll push the door a little bit open, then you can hear. You hear? I, I don't believe it. Haven't you ever noticed what time it is? What do you mean? The time. It's a quarter past seven. Don't you remember? Shut up. How rough you are, James, darling. But you do see what I mean, don't you? Now, I don't know what you're talking about. What the hell do you want, anyway? I want you to come and meet me here. Where? I told you before. I'm where you left me, and I can't leave there until you come. This has got to stop, I tell you. It's got to stop. Hello? 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 Are you there? Damn. And I still feel, Mary, that kids don't really appreciate... Uh, hello, James. Put through a successful deal. What deal? Or was it a bit more personal than that, old man? Huh? Nothing important. Uh, where's Pam? Powdering her nose. Oh, here you are, Pam. Now, ha where had we got to? Uh, four diamonds doubled, your shout, James. Oh, uh, no bid. Are you finding it difficult to keep your mind on the game, dear? No, of course not. What do you mean? What's the matter, Pam? Not feeling faint or anything, are you? You look very queer. It's just my head. I told you I had a bad head. Look here, I think we'd better stop. It's nearly half past seven and we've only just started this rubber. Pam's not feeling well, I can see. Come along, Evan. Evan. All right, don't kick me. So long, you people. See you again after you come back from abroad. Where are you off? Uh, day after tomorrow. I am looking forward to it, I can tell you. Nowhere like La Belle France for a holiday. Oh, but you shouldn't take the wife. <laughs> Don't you believe it. It's going to be our second honeymoon. Come on, Evan. 
I'll see you out. So long, old man. So long. Bye. Merry second honeymoon. Bye. Enjoy yourselves. Hello. Is something the matter? Pam, darling, what have I done to make you look at me like that? Nothing. Nonsense. I can see there's something. If I said something tactless, I'll mix you a small brandy and soda. James, who is Faye? Damn. But what do you mean, Faye? What do you know about Faye? I know that she's a woman who rings you up on a personal call, and that she wants you to come and meet her somewhere, and that she seems to know you rather well. So you were listening in just now? Yes. You've got the whole thing wrong. You simply don't understand. You're only too right. I don't understand. It isn't the least what you think. Isn't it? No, dear, of course it isn't. As a matter of fact, well, Faye's the name of my first wife. You told me her name was Florence. So it was, but I always called her Faye. So your former wife, who has been dead for over a year, rings you up on the telephone. Don't you see, darling, it's some wicked, stupid, practical joke, ringing me up and pretending to be a dead woman. And it happened yesterday, too. And that's why you were so upset. Well, naturally. It's a particularly cruel and heartless thing to do. Why would anyone do such a thing? There are plenty of batty people in the world, I suppose. But James, her voice. Did you recognize her voice? You did, didn't you? That's why you were scared as well as angry. It was Faye's voice. It sounded like it, but of course... But where was it she wanted you to meet her? Some railway station or other? Newton Abbott. But why Newton Abbott? And what has that time, quarter past seven, got to do with it? Because... I've never cared to talk about it much. Too painful. She was killed in an accident there, you see. At quarter past seven? Oh, you might as well hear all about it. She'd been getting dizzy spells, you see. We were going back to London after a holiday we'd had on Dartmoor. We were standing there on the platform waiting for the train. I went to get the paper from the bookstore. And she must have felt faint and pitched forward on the line just as the express came in. Oh, darling, how tragic for you. Yes, you can see why I never care to talk about it. Yes, yes, of course. James... Yesterday, you were ringing up to find out where that personal call came from. What did they say? They said no personal call had been put through to me. Suppose it's true. What? I've just been reading a book on psychical research. Really, the most extraordinary things happen. Suppose it really is Faye. Suppose her spirit is out there at that railway station waiting for you. Do you think I believe that sort of silly nonsense? Nobody would play that sort of a joke. And you recognized her voice, darling. Queer things do happen. People who die violent deaths are earthbound. Who said she say. died a violent death? But she fell under the train, didn't she? Yes, yes, of course. For heaven's sake, don't go talking about it. To forget, that's all I want, to forget. Let's talk about ourselves. Let's think how lovely it will be to get to the south of France. The mimosa will be in bloom and the Mediterranean will be... Oh, so blue. Why, when we get off the train... Why don't we go by air? It's much more fun. No, I hate air travel. Trains are so stuffy and take so much longer. No, we're going by train. I've got the tickets and everything. That's all settled, dear. Trains. James... Let's go down to this place. What is it? Newton Abbott, tomorrow. Before we get away, let's be there in the station at a quarter past seven. Of all the idiotic suggestions, we'll do nothing of the sort. A lot of silly, superstitious rubbish. It's nothing but a hoax, I tell you. And anyway, we've got other things to do tomorrow. We've got an appointment with the lawyers, our two wills to sign. I leave you everything I've got, and you leave me everything you've got. Oh, but I get the best of the bargain. 
You're really quite a rich man, aren't you, darling? Oh, yes. It's annoying that my capital is tied up the way it is. But the money's there, all right. You may be a rich widow one of these days. Oh, darling, don't. Dearest, I was only joking. You and I are going to have long years of happiness together. Long years of happiness. Oh, I'll try and make up to you for... for all that you must have suffered. That's my sweet girl. Milk, letters, papers, bread, laundry. I think that's everything, Mrs. Lamb. Don't you worry, ma'am. I'll look after things for you while you're away. Thank you, Mrs. Lamb. I'm sure you will. Well, it's after seven. You'd better be getting home. Wouldn't you like me to stay until Mr. Brent comes back? No, I shall be all right. I don't expect he'll be long. You go off home. I'll be here first thing in the morning. And I'll bring along that packet of luggage labels you asked me to. Shall I answer it, ma'am? No, I will. Good night, Mrs. Lamb. Good night, ma'am. Hello? This is Mr. Enderby of Enderby Blankenshop and Lucas. Can I speak to Mrs. James Brent, please? Mrs. Brent speaking. Ah, good evening, Mrs. Brent. You're feeling better, I trust. Better? I'm quite all right. Capital, capital. I rang up to acknowledge the receipt of your will, duly signed and witnessed. Your husband brought it in this afternoon. It's quite in order. Will? I'm not quite clear, however, what you wish done with it. I understand that you and your husband are going abroad tomorrow. Yes, we are. Perhaps you'd better send it to the bank. Are you aware of the address? Oh, yes, yes. I have the uh, address from your husband. Uh, then that is all quite in order. Allow me to wish you a very pleasant trip and no more of these dizzy fits. Dizzy fits? What do you mean? Well, your husband seemed quite worried about you. You were very wise to rest quietly at home today and not come to my office. But James said it was you... Hello? Hello? Nothing. Ah, I feared we had been cut off. As I was saying, now what was I saying? You were saying that James was worried about my health. That's all nonsense. I'm perfectly well. Ah, these devoted husbands. Always over-anxious, but it's a fault on the right side. Perhaps. Well, thank you, Mr. Enderby, for ringing me up. Uh, not at all, not at all. Bon voyage. Goodbye. Dizzy fits. Dizzy fits? I've never had anything of the kind. It's just on a quarter past seven. I wonder. Hello? Yes? Can Mr. James Brent take a personal call from Newton Abbott? Oh, I... Uh, oh, he's out. Can you say when he would be available? I... I don't quite know. This... This is Mrs. James Brent speaking. Perhaps I would do instead? Just a moment, please. So far away, it's very difficult. Can you hear me? This is Pamela Brent. Who are you? I'm Faye Mortimer. I know who you are. Don't travel with him by train. What? I couldn't quite hear you. Don't travel by train with him. Hello? 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 Pam, what are you doing? Good Lord, you look white as a sheet. James, what was your first wife's name? I, I told you, Faye. No, I mean her maiden name. Garland, why? It wasn't Mortimer. Where did you get hold of that name? Who's been telling you things? Come on now, tell me at once. Out! You're hurting me! Tell me where you got hold of that name. She said it! Through the telephone! You mean, it's happened again? Yes, she said her name was Faye Mortimer. Oh my God, I must have a drink. You'd better have one too, Pam. I don't need one. I'm sorry I lost my temper, but this sort of thing, it, it gets a man down. 
Thank goodness we're going away tomorrow, right out of England. I'm not going. What's that? I'm not going. But why not? What's happened? I'm not going abroad. I'm going to Newton Abbott. You'll do nothing of the kind. You can't stop me. If you won't come too, I shall go alone. We've got to find out what all of this means. It's a stupid, cruel, practical joke. Don't say that again. It isn't true. Whatever it is, it isn't a joke. I think... I think it's her. Her? Faye. Come back or never gone away. Just waiting there where she died, waiting for you to come. Stop you. it, Pam. Do you want to... We've got to go there and find out. If you won't come with me, then I shall go myself. Of course, I shall go with you if you're going away, but I don't like it. Stop it, train to Plymouth! On the other side, up the stairs! Paddington? This platform, 7.15, due in a few minutes. Is there a restaurant car? Yes, up forwards. Talkie, 7.55, number two, over the bridge. Next train on number two platform is for Exeter and Paddington only. Well, Pam, I hope you're satisfied. This is Newton Abbott Station. Scenic ghosts about. Don't take up that sceptical attitude. We've got to be helpful. Helpful? To whom? To Faye, of course. Uh, how can you believe this? I don't believe exactly. I I've just got an open mind. If nothing happens, we'll be free of it. You'll be free of it. The train station on platform number three is the stopping train for Plymouth. All stations to Plymouth. It's nearly time now. Now you are both standing just here. I wasn't. Uh, I'd gone to the bookstall to get a paper. Yes, I know, but you left Faye here? Yes. She was quite all right when I left her, but she'd been having these dizzy spells. James, why did you tell Mr. Enderby that I had been having dizzy spells? I never. What on earth do you mean? Why didn't we both go to his office as we arranged? Because I thought you had quite enough to do. But the excuse you gave him was that I had fits of dizziness. Nonsense. Of course I didn't. I can't imagine where he got hold of that idea. According to him, he got it from you. What do you mean, according to him? You never saw the old boy. He rang me up last night. Damnation. What did you say? Nothing. It'd be easy to fall over the line here if one did feel dizzy, or if someone pushed you. Exeter and Paddington train just coming in. So, you did come, James. Faye. Yes, it's Faye. I've been waiting here for you ever since you pushed me under the train that day. I never meant to. It was an accident, just an accident. I didn't mean to push you. Keep away from me. Keep away. Look out, sir! Master's office, Mrs. Brent. I'm Inspector Narakos. James! Is he? Oh, was he? He was killed instantly. Oh. This has been a great shock to you, I know, Mrs. Brent. But in a way, you've been lucky. You were going away with him on a journey abroad, so I've heard. 
And maybe you wouldn't have come back. Not come back? There have been three accidents that we know of. One in Northumberland and one in Wales and one here last year. In each case, the husband had mentioned previously to someone that his wife was subject to fainting or dizzy spells. And in each case, when the accident happened, the husband claimed he had gone to the bookstore to buy a paper. The names were different, but it was the same man. But there was no actual evidence. And so, this lady here volunteered to help us. <gasps> you... It was you who spoke to him on the platform. But you can't be Faye. You're cleverly made up, but you're not young enough. Faye was my daughter. Our voices were always exactly alike, and we looked sufficiently like each other for me to pass as her. James Mortimer had never met me. You trapped him. He murdered her. I always knew it, but I had to break him down. The first time I rang him up, I was in London, but I pretended it was a personal call from Newton Abbott. The second time, I really did speak from Newton Abbott. The third time I rang up, he was out. And you spoke to me instead? Spoke to you? No, I never spoke to you. But you did. You warned me. You're wrong. I just rang off. But someone spoke to me. Someone told me not to go on a journey with him. Someone with a voice just like yours. Someone who... who... This is your host again, Tisha Bankston. With that, Personal Call ends with even more of Agatha Christie's trademark mystery. Sometimes with Christie, not everything is carefully tied up at the end. This episode of Kansas City Actors Radio Theater was produced by arrangement with Concord Theatricals and Agatha Christie Limited. The episode starred Christina Schaefer as Pamela Brent and Cody Proctor as James Brent. Featuring Wei Yi Zhang as Faye, Jan Rogi as Mrs. Lamb and Mary Curtis, among others, Carla Finnick as Lucy and the Operator, Jerry Mignan as George and Inspector Naircott, among others, and Logan Black in six roles, including Evan Curtis and Mr. Enderby. This episode was directed by Darren Sextro with sound design, music, and engineering by Mary Robinson, with special thanks to the UMKC Theater Department and Greg McInder. Kansas City Actors Radio Theater is made possible in part by the Richard J. Stern Foundation for the Arts, the Estelle S. and Robert A. Long Ellis Foundation, the Miller Nichols Foundation, the Kansas City Neighborhood Tourist Development Fund, Arts KC, the Missouri Arts Council, Theater League, the Breidenthal Snyder Foundation, and thanks to individual donors just like you, with enduring thanks to Valerie and Mark Andrus. In the coming months, Kansas City Actors Theater will continue its return to safe, live productions with the launch later this year of our 18th season, beginning in May, with Arthur Miller's classic play, The Price, directed by Dennis Hennessy and featuring KCAT Company members Victor Rader Wexler and Jan Rogie. After that, our season will include more Agatha Christie with her 1954 stage play, Spider's Web, which is the second longest-running Christie play filled with mystery, melodrama, and quite a bit of humor. Keep an eye out for more news about our 18th season and the full roster of productions. In the meantime, join us again next Friday at noon on KKFI 90.1 FM. All episodes of Kansas City Actors Radio Theater, nearly 60 of them, can be downloaded on the Kansas City Actors Theater podcast, wherever you consume your podcasts. I'm Tisha Bankson, and until we meet again, stay safe and stay tuned. Stay tuned.